Let's talk about last night's vice presidential debate. Yes, we'll talk about the fly. I want to tell you <laughs> the hilarious moment uh, when I was watching the debate when we first saw the fly. Uh, we can talk about Mike Pence's uh, cyborg eye <laughs> as well. And then we can dig into some matters of substance. I thought overall, from a performance perspective, I thought Kamala Harris crushed it. I have, of course, several critiques of some of her answers on policy, but I want to I want to tell you my thoughts on why I thought in some ways she felt like she needed to play it safe and kind of hedge on being super progressive. I'll unpack it and explain it and see what you think. All right. This is Sean King and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. Last night was not only the first and last vice presidential debate from what we came to understand this morning. It may be the final debate of this entire campaign because um, early this morning, the uh, Presidential Debate Commission, a bipartisan, super respected commission, said that they were taking some new precautions to protect people, uh, participants, families, and others from the coronavirus. And they said because, in essence, of the failures of the previous debate, over a dozen staff members at the previous presidential debate were infected with the coronavirus and many others seemed to spread it among the Trump campaign. They said the next debate was going to be virtual and uh, Joe Biden accepted that. It's smart. Uh, Donald Trump is literally still contagious, but Donald Trump pulled out and I don't think we're going to see another presidential debate. I think it's done. I don't think the uh, vice presidential candidates are going to debate again. It's arguable whether or not they should have even debated last night. They did. It is what it is. But I am super doubtful. There's only, there's you know less than four weeks left now. I don't think Trump is going to debate Joe Biden again. It, it went very poorly for Trump last time. Not that Joe Biden performed greatly, but Trump just made a perpetual ass of himself, as he often does. And uh, I think he just wants to do rallies, which is the he already said that it's not me thinking it. He said, I'm just going to do a rally. I'm not going to do the debate. But um, that's the opposite of keeping people safe. And he really has no interest in that. With all of that said, I I thought last night's debate from a pure political theater perspective, I'm not talking about. Did I love all the answers? Did I love what they said on policy? I thought that Kamala Harris, I'll give her an A, uh, you know, almost an A plus. She was super well prepared. I mean, um, I watched every Democratic debate in the primaries. This was better than all of those for her. I watched everyone, studied her, critiqued her. Um, when, when we were working with the Bernie Sanders campaign. 
And that large scale format with, uh, you know, 15 to 20 people on stage uh, doesn't allow her to shine like she did last night. What she did last night in the debate reminded me a lot of what she does in the Senate when it's just her grilling somebody that's there testifying about some issue. There she is one of the two or three best people in the entire Senate at at that. I mean, when when she has the mic in the Senate, she is one of the most effective people there. And and she's gotten better and better every year. And I thought last night it was I thought it was one of the best political moments I'd ever seen from her. And as you all may know, I, you know, I've been a longtime critic of Kamala Harris on all of her criminal justice policies and past. But I mean, I thought she was spectacular. Um, she was super, super sharp and thorough uh, from start to finish. I thought she st- I thought the best and this is great because m- the most people are watching in the beginning of the debate. Her best 20 minutes, it was a 90 minute debate. Her best 20 minutes were the first 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes as they debated on the coronavirus, she crushed Mike Pence. And of course, he is literally whatever this means, he is the head of the White House coronavirus uh, task force. <laughs> and so Mike Pence has to own whatever the coronavirus response is or isn't. He has to own it. It's on him. And I mean, of course, it's on Trump. But Pence has been terrible. And 210,000 Americans have died. We're now nearing 8 million people, including my own family, who have uh, who have been infected by the coronavirus. It's cost our economy billions upon billions of dollars, tens of millions of jobs. And I saw a survey, not a survey, but a study this morning that said the United States of every developed nation in the world, the United States far and away has had the worst response. And it's not even close. And not just because of the number of deaths, but on 10 different metrics. And so Kamala Harris, you know, When I say political theater, she sounded great. I mean, like audibly, as I'm speaking into a mic right now, she was clear, meticulous. She spoke with practical words. She often would pivot and look at the camera and speak to the American people. I say all this because little things often steal the show in presidential debates. Like if somebody is making weird faces the whole debate or if somebody is smacking their lips or not properly looking at a camera or if somebody has a fly on their head or a crazy bloodshot eye like Mike Pence had, people end up focusing on those things. It's not right. It's weird. It's just how it is. And from a pure show perspective Kamala Harris looked sharp sounded clear and it was the best performance of any of the people in the debate from Trump and Biden and uh, Harris and Pence so from that perspective she was strong 
super strong. And most polls uh, now, bipartisan polls, have over 20% of Americans, a margin of 20% of Americans, saying she won, plus 20, which is huge. Like 58, uh, 59 to 38 between her and Pence, and that's that's a huge walloping. And Pence, because he's calm and cool, ends up getting points that he doesn't deserve because he's not, excuse my language, parents and teachers if you're playing this, because Pence does not project the same assholery that Donald Trump does. Pence is just as much an asshole as Donald Trump. He is just as responsible. He understood anything that's gone through this White House. Pence is a co-conspirator in all of it, but his affect and demeanor is always calm. You know, I saw somebody last night on a scale of one to 10, his energy level never really gets above like a three. (laughs) He's super low energy. He doesn't really have a range. He kind of stays between the one and three range and never goes above it. Um, And so he ends up kind of getting credit and points that he doesn't deserve. He said a lot of just kind of ridiculous things last night. And how can you not when you are vice president in this administration? But I want to give you a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. And then I want to unpack some of the things that I think were still super challenging in the debate for progressives and super liberals who were looking to hear something better from Kamala Harris and didn't quite hear it. And I want to tell you kind of why I think it had to work out that way. I'll be right back. If you are an OG listener of The Breakdown, You know how much I love my Harry's shaving products. Listen, I'm a super low-maintenance guy, and Harry's makes simple, durable, affordable razors that I love. They're incredibly nice. They just came out with their sharpest blades ever, and unlike some of the other razor companies, they're not charging you more for their product improvements. It costs the same as always cost. Now, Harry's has an amazing offer just for our listeners right now, New American customers can redeem a Harry's trial set. I really want you to have this at harrys.com slash breakdown. You'll get a five blade razor featuring their brand new sharper blades. It's great. I have one. It comes with a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and it comes with a really nice travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. Again, check it out. That's harrys.com slash breakdown and redeem your trial offer get the trial set it's actually really really nice and i want all of our listeners to go get it it's really great so while i thought that the performance from kamala harris was great and it is a performance. I don't mean that as an insult. It is, it's an event. It's a televised event. And it's as much of a show. And it just, it is political theater. And Trump understands this. And he can't quite 
fit himself into the box to make it a respectable moment. But Kamala Harris was great last night from a political theater perspective. And, and as I said, I thought she was amazingly prepared. She, anytime she gave an answer that I thought she had prepared for, it wasn't rehearsed. Like she was speaking from her own wit, not just like, you know, giving out canned kind of wrote memorized answers. She might have memorized them, but by the time we heard them, she had made them their own. She sounded natural. Um, She handled the moments where Mike Pence was disrespectful or went over his time. She handled them with a grace and class that just kind of made Mike Pence look like an ass to me. And she was just super personal when she would speak to the camera. Now, I thought she was best in those first 20 minutes speaking about the coronavirus pandemic and how poorly the Trump administration has handled it. And of course, she can nail that answer because she she can just this is the thing when you are the challenger, she can just say, here are the 29 things we would have done. Now, she hasn't done those things because she's just vice a vice presidential candidate. But that's the thing when you're running against an incumbency, you can kind of say, well, we would have done. 104 things so much better than you. And here they are. You don't know if they would have done those things, but that's what you get to say. But she crushed that part. Now, Kamala Harris is one of the more, one of the most progressive people in the United States Senate. Now, it's not a very progressive Senate. And there are probably only four or five truly progressive senators. And on all the issues, they're not progressive on everything, including foreign policy. And when you get Kamala Harris talking about foreign policy, uh, she is a very traditional Democrat, uh, particularly around the the uh, apartheid that we see happening in Israel right now against Palestinians. She is bad on that, like uh, D minus F plus maybe just F <laughs> very, very bad on that. And, and on military issues in general, she's just kind of, just kind of goes with the democratic party line. You know, when you're vice president, you do have to put some of your views aside. Uh, Joe Biden also did that for eight years for Barack Obama. They actually didn't agree on many different issues, but Joe Biden hardly said a word about that. You have to really, when you're vice president, you don't just get to advocate your views. So Kamala Harris came out during the Democratic primaries and said she endorsed and, and actually co-sponsored uh, Medicare for all. Well, Joe Biden, he is not for it. And Kamala Harris is not for it really in the same way that Bernie is. But now that she is the vice presidential candidate, she hedges on that. You know, she doesn't say she's changed her mind about it, but she's not going to contradict Joe Biden. When you're running as vice president, you really can't contradict the presidential candidate. So she disagrees with him, Biden, on the Green New Deal. She disagrees with Biden on Medicare for all. I would think she probably disagrees with Biden on a lot of issues around civil rights, human rights, justice reform. She kind of hinted and alluded to some of that last night. Um, 
But her remarks on criminal justice reform, they were just okay. Uh, C plus, maybe. Um, But again, I thought last night that her strategy seemed to be to play it safe. And politically, it's not a horrible idea because the Trump administration is in a free for all. They, they are a free fall. Rather, they are tanking in the polls. Trump is literally quarantining. People are having to wear gowns and masks to speak to the man. Um, literally almost 40 people from the White House now have the coronavirus. And it's a it's a mess, including Trump's campaign manager, his press secretary, uh, his chief policy advisors. It's a wreck. And, I, you know, I don't gloat in saying this, but it is a serious degree of karma in so many ways from a man who totally ignored it for him, his wife and 40 staffers to have this thing right before the the election comes to a close is uh it's stranger than fiction and it it is a, a a wild degree of karma most people i think are going to remember the fly on mike pence's head <laughs> that was there it was there for 2 minutes it would not leave which opened itself up to so many like first off where did that flock come from? Like, it's, you know, it's just a bit weird. But, you know, open Mike Pence up to all types of jokes because flies are often, you know, uh, attracted to uh, fecal matter or, or dead things. And, and, and he looked kind of terrible last night. He had a look like maybe he had pink eye, uh, like his, one of his eyes was just bloodshot red and he he had you know no color like super super pale and a fly on his head that would not go <laughs> go away and um you know i i try not to live so much in my bubble you know 38% which is not much 38% of the people who've been surveyed said that hey they thought he won and of course those are his people but um, it, it was pretty bad from an optics perspective. And people are going to also remember how horribly he just spoke over the over the the moderator over and over and over and over again. And uh, just incredibly frustrating. And it is what it is. It probably won't move the needle at all for Donald Trump and Mike Pence might move the needle a little bit uh, in favor of of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris it was a great performance. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't work for them and, and I'm not a part of their campaign. I say that it's just like a spectator from a performance perspective, Kamala Harris did what she came to do. She accomplished what she came to accomplish. And, you know, there was very little that I thought people are going to be able to look back and point to a big mistake she made. And that's kind of the goal. The goal is to do no harm. So, I hope you all will check us out later this afternoon. We're going to be uh, speaking from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time on The Breakdown Live. Would love, love, love to see all of you there. I'm going to break down some more about the debate. And also I have two police brutality cases that you may have heard of 
but I really want to break them down and give us some action steps as well. Love and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about a brand new podcast that I love a lot. And it's not because there's a woman that I love who is the co-host, my dear wife, Ray. But she is co-hosting a brilliant, important, essential podcast called Woke at Work with Dr. Blanca Ruiz. It's an amazing podcast about women of color in the workplace and all of the unique challenges and opportunities and sophistications. And they have brilliant interviews and they unpack the myriad of issues, what it really means to be a woman of color in leadership in the workplace and so much more. You spell it W-O-C at work, W-O-C at work, women of color at work. Search it. It's on all of the platforms now. It's getting amazing reviews, and I want you to check it out.